When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams. Niche nonsense. Or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish football podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. Um, I'm Boyd Hilton. Ten years and two weeks into the new season. Uh, psychic Psychic Josh Landy is there. Hi, Josh. Hi, Boyd. Did you say you're ten years into the new season? No, uh, did I say that? I meant ten years, two weeks into into this podcast. Sorry, I'm talking nonsense already. We've only just Obviously, started. ten years is not enough to do a significantly good enough intro, Boyd. No, I'm an amateur. I haven't. I haven't. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, I do know. Is, that yes, we are. We are in a wonderful situation, aren't we? I mean, will we be happier this season than this point? That's the question. No. Well, maybe we'll see. We'll ask that very question of our two wonderful guests, who have both been staunch guests on this. I think probably I don't know. Going back, I'm saying nearly probably maybe ten years. I don't know. Jeff Arsenal, legend. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, nothing about that. Coming live to us from a hotel somewhere in the world. <laughs> How's it going, Jeff? Oh, lovely, man. I'm telling you, it's really good. And after that weekend's result, you know, yeah. uh, where everybody's on a high, aren't they, at the moment? But be we cautious. Are. Be cool. We've got to be cautious. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. You'll be the voice of reason. Um, and we're joined by Jim of East Lower fame, uh, his, his Twitter handle. Hi, Jim. And you are in a glamorous son's bedroom somewhere <laughs> yes, in the world as well. I am. It's somewhere, somewhere in North London in my son's bedroom. So, you know, beat that. I have to... Um, um, we'll get on to the, the nub of, of the uh, match and where we are at the moment and um, Arteta being made team manager and all that. Lots of, lots of stuff to get through. But I want to start with a tweet that you sent out, Jim, on, uh, mm-hmm. on, on uh, during the game. Went out to get some crisps, missed two <laughs> goals. Hashtag crisps. Now, was this a joke? Did you really miss two goals? What the fuck? <laughs> No, I really did miss two goals. I went out. Um, I, I was not lying. I, you know, unlike um, many people on Twitter, I was actually telling the truth there. And I went out, thought I'd get back in time, but there was a queue for the sensations at Tesco's. It's a really glamorous life I lead, Boyd, as you can tell. This yeah. Is the yeah. anecdote. And got back yeah. and uh, said to my son, oh, is it still one? All he did know is 3 1, or whatever it was. Three, yeah, 3 0, sorry. Three and nil, um, yeah. we kept so, yeah, Jim. <laughs> we did. And I had a nice bag of crisps. So, you know, everyone's a winner. Yeah, to be fair to you, Sensations Sweet Chili are the best. I would say they're the best mainstream crisp. So there's some redemption to this otherwise quite pathetic little story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, more importantly, um, for the second week in a row, you'll be pleased to know, everyone listening will be pleased to know that I that we are sponsored by um, Manscaped. Josh, I know you particularly, you are very excited about it. Um, it's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. It offers precision-engineered tools, Josh, for your, your specifically, now, right, everyone, every man, every grown man, family jewels. 
Um, Manscaped just launched in the UK. They've gone years without using people, have gone years without men, have gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can be one of the first men in England, slash even Great Britain, to experience their life-changing products. They've redesigned the electric trimmer. Um, the Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer. Yes, I said those words, ever created. And I've just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ARSENAL. That's ARSENAL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code ARSENAL manscaped.com. Um, uh, it's time to shave, Josh. I'm looking at you those balls thank you very much and on to i won't i won't ask jeff or jim if they've used the manscaped product yet because i, I don't know i don't think they're up, yet up with the time enough but i'm sure they can't wait they can't wait to use it i'm just assuming we're waiting to I'm, I'm waiting to get a freebie mate then i'll have a go you, okay okay we'll sort it out we'll sort it out. <laughs> or you could just send yours yeah you send it on to jeff I could, well i was gonna send it on to you first Josh. Josh, you know, you know the barbers are open at the moment, don't you, by the way? We're doing Josh, this on video yeah, so I can see say, Josh. Yeah. yeah, we can all we can all see each other I, on, on video. And funny. Josh is looking quite hairy at the moment, funnily enough. No, that's a fair comment, but I you'll be delighted to know I did book uh, an appointment for Friday to sort out the hair. A, a, a Rosh Hashanah treat uh, on Friday to look forward to. Oh yeah, it's the Jewish New Year on Friday, it isn't is. it? Yeah. Friday night, yeah. Although, you know, in these times, gatherings are, are going to be difficult, aren't they? So it'll be a, a different sort of one for many people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, only, not more than six of you. God, that's going to be a fiendish, fiendish situation. It will uh, be. And, and not just talking about, you know, people getting together. I mean, Arsenal sending out those messages and taking 25% of our season ticket money. I mean, they're looking optimistic, I would say, if they think we're getting in the stadium. And what was it? Three weeks time? They hoped that the Sheffield United yeah. game? Well, we can talk about that maybe. We'll go on to the match and and that looks. But yeah, it is. Have you have you both have you guys? I mean, Jim, I don't, are you a season ticket holder still? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And yeah, have you yeah. have you entered? The, are you entering the ballot and all of that and pay, yeah, put your yeah. paint down? Yeah, yeah, I've done it. Yeah, because um, I kind of figured that although it's a bit strange, I am quite looking forward to actually going there. So, so much of the experience is actually being there, uh, as I'm sure we've all experienced. It's not quite the same, is it? But um, let, I, I agree with you. I'm not quite sure it's going to happen in October. In fact, I'm pretty sure it won't. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it at some point this season. It's incredible to think, isn't it, Jeff, that as we sit here now on Monday, uh, Monday night, um, yeah. we still don't know on the 14th of September, we still don't know whether we'll be able to go to a match um, in, in the beginning of October at the Emirates, even if we are entering this ballot yeah. and all that, because, yeah. because of the COVID situation, the government, as far as I can see, the government doesn't decide what the fuck to do about football. What do, you, what do you think of the whole got, situation? Yeah, I, just, I think they're just playing a guessing game. They really don't know what they're doing. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not, it must be difficult, I know, but I don't think we've got a hope in hell of, of uh, uh, winning anything in the ballot. You know, there'll be a few people that will get through, no doubt, but, you know, are they going to let the people in, in, in against, that Sheffield, against Sheffield United? I'm not sure. I, 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 I don't honestly fear the worst and don't think that we're going to see any, anything really substantial until uh, till January or February, which is going to be tragic, really. Tragic for my business as well. I'm, I, as you know, I'm in corporate hospitality. Yeah. So uh, very, very difficult for us. Yeah, it's a nightmare for everyone in, in hospitality, isn't it, really? The whole the whole situation. Yeah, really, yeah. really tight. Jeff, just a, a question, if I may, though. I don't, I don't know if you would know, but in the same way that Arsenal have, have sought 25% 
of the money from those of us in the main parts of the stadium have they also yeah. been trying to do similar arrangements with those in the in the boxes and, and other areas of the stadium of course yeah exactly it's a similar situation but um i mean i've got a, a few uh, club level seats that obviously i work with that we operate with and um i've, I've held up for now just for now they've given me the option of course but um, I'm, I'm holding down for a little while because you, you know you, you really don't know what's going to happen it's so uncertain that's where the problem lies and even if you do enter I mentioned this last week but even if you do enter I mean I've done it and, and you've done it haven't you Josh as well that you've entered even if you do enter you could work you only the estimate is you might get like um two out of six games or something and if there's I mean with all due respect if there's a Carabao Cup or even you know you <laughs> It's going to be quite. People are going to be quite angry, I think, aren't they? If it all kind of turns out like that, if you're paying, you know, a huge amount, really down payment, was you know, a, a large-ish amount, and then you get allocated and you don't get into a Premier League game, yeah. say for example, people are going to be quite annoyed, I think, by how it all turns out. But they, they can't win, can they? That's the other thing. Just no. from talking to people at the club, it's a horrendously difficult situation. I've got a feeling I, I might be wrong. I don't have it in front of me. I'm not sure Carabao was included. I think Carabao was kept separate in some way for for that kind of reason it's included um, in the platinum platinum i know that okay i don't think it's in the uh, no. the main season ticket holders so yeah whatever they do but i guess we can't complain can i can we like the health is more important and if that's what's going on yeah what's interesting is just seeing these situations where you've got a certain level of non-league allowed to have um a small amount of fans and yet you know obviously the higher up you go that they're not allowed any at all and you know, how on earth do you know what what's um, what's fair and what's right? All they can do is is make you know legislation Just as they feel appropriate, right? On that on that uh, matter, I saw I'm a big Grand Prix fan as well, and there was uh, Tuscany Grand Prix at the weekend, and there was three thousand people allowed in. So, uh, you know, hopefully that went well. I think it's small steps, isn't it? I think that's what it is that you know, no one wants to pull the trigger and let everybody in in one go. Okay, say make a boo-boo and it's going to cost them multi-millions of pounds if there's a big pandemic goes around. Yeah. Uh, that's where the problem yeah. lies. But uh, yeah. small steps. Yeah, well, they yeah, did have two and a half thousand at Brighton, didn't they? Pre-season there at Brighton. Was it Brighton yeah. Chelsea? They had two yeah. and a half thousand or something. Um, but yeah. I think since, since then, the stats are all going the wrong way. So I, I, I do, like, like you guys, I, I fear that uh, that decision won't be coming anytime soon. Yeah. Well, let, let's move on to happier things. Like our, our glorious um, start to the season. Um, obviously, Yes, Josh. Well, I just want to just start away. We're talking about Saturday. You sat here last week and wanted Martinez in goal. Here, yeah. I mean, what a what a week it's been in terms of football. I, I did say that I thought Leno was, you know, clearly going to be uh, the number one and that if they were entertaining offers for Martinez, it was probably, you know, a case of no smoke without fire. How are you feeling about that, Boyd, about his departure? How am I thinking about that you you were right and I was wrong? No, or, no, no, I'm um, not going to do that. How are you anyway, feeling about Martinez um, leaving the club? You were right. I was wrong. Although I think I was right about Ozil not being there. And about, I was. what score did you predict? Do you remember? 3-1. 3-1, 2-0. I mean, you know, I think spiritually, I think I win that one. Um, but what do I feel about Martin? I'm, I'm disappointed, I have to say. I think, I, but having said that, I think Martinez was particularly, I mean, you know, you, the number of games we've seen him play is obviously much fewer than we've seen Leno play. But I, he was so good. And I thought particularly his distribution um, as a footballer, you know, even more than his saves. And his, some of his saves were incredible. I felt like he. Lo- it felt like he was a better distributor of the ball than Leno, 
And I kind of think, and even though Leno was great, he made some good saves on Saturday, um, certainly early on, because Fulham started well, didn't they, in the first 10, 15 minutes or so. He made a couple of saves, but there was one or two dodgy moments. And I don't think, if I'm being hyper, you know, in the comparison between the two goalkeepers, I mean, there's no point because because Martinez is gone as effective as to Villa. But but I do have to say, I would have rather, slightly rather we'd have sold Leno. I just think, but I'm sure, having said that, I'm sure Arteta will make sure that Leno practices and practices and practices with the defenders. And that the, and I think actually after that first 10, 15 minutes, it settled down and I thought actually we played pretty well out from the back. Lead, in fact, you know, one of the goals came from that. What do you guys think? Jeff, do you think... Um, do you think it's, you know, you gutted that it looks like um, Martinez is leaving? I was. I was, yeah, I was. Because, you know, he'd done so well. He's been here for a long while. He'd done so well. But, you know what, it was a short, it was a short, we only short, saw a, a short part of, 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 you know, whether he was going to do well or, you know, whether he was going to drop a clangor at any moment. And I suppose if you look at the bigger picture, um we're looking to strengthen in other areas and, and 20, I mean, I'm disappointed it's only 20 million pound. I think it should be more, but um, 20 million pound or 25 million pound, whatever they, they, they finish it at, that's obviously going to go towards a, a signing of another player. And, um, you know, we've got, have got, we have got to look at the bigger picture. Hopefully they get a, a, a nice marauding central midfield player in there. So, you know, I was, I was disappointed at first hearing about it because I've gutted really for, for um, Martinez. He had done so well, but you know, Leno's still, a, you've got to remember he was, he was doing really, really well for us, Leno. Um, so, and he was most probably their best player for the last couple of years. So you can't, yeah. you, you've got to look at it overall. And I think it's a, a decent deal. Jim, what did you think of a, what did you think of, of, of that situation? And B, when you saw the team on Saturday, what did you think of the team in general? Well, I think with um, Martinez, so it was only ever really one decision because uh, I think Leno's been really, really good. And, and and I don't think Martinez has proven himself in the same way that Leno has. And I think also he'd been at the club 10 years. He's probably, Arsenal probably owe him quite a lot for staying put in a way. And, you know, deserve. I think if he asked to go, it was only fair. And realistically, he needs to be number one keeper somewhere. And if there was the two of them, the chances are he probably wouldn't be the whole season number one. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense. It is a shame because we saw him blossom and play really well, but I, I don't really think that was, there was any other call to make on that one, if I'm honest. Um, with the team, I, I was, I think the biggest surprise for most people was El Nenny. You know, it's like mm. Arteta seems to have a habit of, of, um, you know, of, of bringing people back uh, from, um, you know, into the fore. And, and uh, you know, I don't think El Nenny's going to pull up any, um, any trees, but he has been pretty good since he's, uh, you know, since, since the uh, well, preseason and this game. So um, that was quite interesting. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? Because um, you know we've we've seen Sabios and Xhaka form a pretty good partnership in in you know towards the end of the season, and Sabios was on the bench. Um, but I get, I, I think um, the manager, I think Arteta operates a kind of you know if you play and you've done pretty well, then you know then I'll keep you because Elneny played well in the in the um, Community Shield, didn't he? And you know why? You know I think it's fair enough, and he's he's been very serviceable, wasn't he? I mean, serviceable sounds almost is, is damning him with faint praise, but but he did he did what he had to do. Josh, he did. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta take a few. Arteta wasn't part of the decision process to let him leave the club and go mm. out on loan, so mm. he's obviously brought him back and given him an opportunity, and must have been impressed enough to to make a view that no, he, he's going to be part of the squad. Um, it 
has what's happened with Guendouzi forced his hand in that area of the pitch that there is, a, you know, he wants a body there and it looks like the club has tried to potentially find suitors for Guendouzi and at the moment that that's not happening. Um, but you can understand why there's a space in the squad and, and if there wasn't going to be a, a new signing of that area of the pitch coming into the squad, then then it's great and it's great to, to see him sort of play in what was an incredibly well-drilled performance. What what did you make of the uh, the centre-back sort of situation? Because there, there were options, really, weren't, weren't there? I mean, and Gabriel was the one that, you know, would excite most of us, I think, right? Like, every time we sign a new centre-back, we think... Is this finally the one that's going to be a staple part of our team? What do, what do we think, Jeff? What did you think? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I think that. I mean, there was there was rumour that maybe Saliba would start in, in front of Gabriel, but um, you know, I, I, apparently he didn't have a good game against the Villa the week before. Saliba. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah. Maybe listen. Uh, we've said it before. Well, these Premier leagues are different animals to the to the French league and stuff. They're going to have to they'll have to take their time. And when they're being so being so young, um, um, Saliba, you've only got to have a couple of bad games on the spin, then you're up against yeah. it in the Premier League. You know, your confidence yeah. gets shattered. So I think he's going to ease him in gently. I think it's a great move. Now I was a little bit disappointed. I'm not a fan of David Luiz. I think he's he's 40 seconds away from a disaster in every single game, as you know, right? But I think that signing <clears throat> was a great signing because I think he's 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 he signed him to mentor both of those two centre halves, and he's going to play that three. I do believe until they get to a position where they're confident enough and they're stable enough and set up correctly to to play a, a four three three. But in that time, I think Louise is going to. I think he's going to give him a, a new lease of life as well. I think he's going to embrace it and like trying to mentor them two centre halves. So. Uh, but you know the, the, the debut from from Gabriel, I was really impressed. He looks like a proper defender, doesn't he? He looks like yeah. he's very strong. He don't mess about. Uh, he's, he's not scared to go into a tackle, and he, he looked like he, he gets the distances right rather than you know Mustafi. Sometimes he just goes clattering through people, and the same with Socrates and Louise himself. You know, so I was pleased. I was really I was really pleased with um, with Gabriel's uh, inclusion in that game. Brilliant. He was good, wasn't he? After he had a slightly shaky start, I think. Um, you know, but but again, I think that that felt like just a little bit of nerves among the back three and and the and the keeper, maybe. You know, when Fulham were putting some a couple of good attacks together. But I mean, the other thing is, of course, in terms of that that back three, Rob Holding had the greatest one of the greatest moments, one of the most shocking moments of skill and expertise I've seen on a football pitch. Not just Arsenal players, but ever. I mean, in terms of the surprise factor, I mean, fucking hell, that dancing through the Fulham defence with keepy-uppies, uh, it was so incredible. Everything, everything about that moment was was amazing. First of all, that Rob Holding did it, that he had it in him. Secondly, that Lacazette loving it and, and laughing and smiling. And then Holding, just kind of his response was beautiful. The whole thing was fantastic, wasn't it? It was R- like... Robinho, isn't it? Or Rob- Rob- Robert... Yeah. Holdinho. Holdinho, right. yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, we've always called him that. Me and um, me and Dermot and Dan have called him Holdino for years, partly ironically, obviously. But now it's serious. Now he is a Brazilian skilled um, defender. Extraordinary scenes. What did you What did you both make of him? What did you both make of What did you make of the whole of the defensive? Uh, did you? I don't know if you watched on BT Sport. Um, Rio Ferdinand uh, uh, 
kind of launched before the match, launched a kind of extended tribute to how our defence had improved under Arteta and had loads of clips of our defence. And I was like shitting. It. I was like, fucking yeah, we're bound to revert to our normal terrible defending. But they do look pretty solid, don't they? They really it, do. It, it was brilliant. And look, obviously, it's, you know, a clip that's gone out on on Twitter and I'm not making anything uh, new as a point here. But the similarities between the goal we scored in the Community Shield against Liverpool and the um, Aubameyang strike at Fulham was extraordinary. And uh, uh, there is a sign of like uh, belief in the defence, belief in each other to, to find each other in tight spaces that they'll get out of difficult situations and they'll get the ball up the pitch. And, um, you know, you know, obviously we'll come on to William, but the ability to, to pick out a pass like he did and there's probably no one in the Premier League you'd rather want to be cutting in and, and having a shot than Aubameyang. So just... But it come it came from the defence. It came from the you know the absolute belief in each other, and also you know six months ago would we have been talking about tyranny as like one of a back three like you know that that's also just like become the norm almost now because of the you know the situation and choice in personnel, and also a little bit to do with you know Maitland Niles and, and and you know him doing really well and and giving an opportunity to play on the pitch. So th- the whole thing's in- incredibly exciting, and you've got to say yeah without David Louise. Um, you know, with Gabriel making his debut as a 22-year-old, obviously Saliba a big signing to come in. It, you know, uh, there, there are roots uh, of optimism, but we're probably all getting carried away. What do you Jim, think, Jim? Are we getting carried away? Are we getting carried away? Well, I think I think not, because I don't think any of us, you know, in, uh, are sort of anybody's claiming that we're going to, you know, challenge for the title or even necessarily challenge for the top four. But what's so? It's just so nice to see us playing with a system, a structure. Everyone seems to like what they're doing. And, you know, people, there's, it, it's it's just, you know, under Emery, he occasionally hit the high notes, but really mostly you didn't really, you kind of thought they were always chasing, uh, chasing, how, you know, the game slightly. And, and we, we've, we seem a lot more in control of things now. And um, and so credit to Arteta. It does make it very exciting, but, you know, I, I wouldn't get too carried away just yet. I'm getting carried away. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm totally getting carried away. I, I think that... Um, I mean, I bet, yeah, I'll incur the wrath of Alan Alga, one of our many, you know, among others. But um, I just feel like he's, first of all, he has come up with this formation, which seems to suit us both defensively and, and as an attacking unit. I think actually one of, one of the, one of the big disappointments of kind of like the middle of last season was how, not only how shit our defence was routinely, and we were, you know, when we were letting in all those shots or allowing those shots against us, but also as an attacking force, even though we have so many great or potentially attacking players, they weren't being knitted together in any kind of way. Whereas now I feel like so many of our attacks look great, like our counter-attacks, and I, I see Lacazette dropping back. Lacazette starts a hell of a lot of these, or at least is intricately involved in a lot of these attacks now. And people were saying, a lot of people, pundits and bloggers were saying, there's no way that Lacazette and Aubameyang can play together. It wasn't working, you know, why is Aubameyang out wide and all that? Now it's like, fuck that, it's working really well. And William coming in, and I was, you know, I think, you know, I, I don't know, I was not particularly thrilled that we were signing him. I was like, fine, you know, he's a, he's a free signing, pays wages, blah, blah, blah. But actually, he did have a really good game, didn't he, Jeff? Um, and he's clearly... Oh, honestly. Incredible. And so yeah. you, can't, you can't, in terms of the team selection, selecting him ahead of Pepe, you know, I want to ask, what, what does that mean? What do you think that means for Pepe? What do you think it means for, you know, the, I think part of the reason why I am getting carried away is I think we're getting to the point, if we don't sell the likes, I mean, the likes of Bellerin, 
Maitland-Niles, who have been linked with sales. But I wonder whether, I felt Arteta in the post-match interview was saying he didn't want, he said to Holding, he didn't want him to go on, on loan. He seemed to be saying that Maitland-Niles was still very much part of his plan. Who knows, he might sell Hector. I just feel like we've got a squad now that's got a lot of cover, really good cover in a lot of positions. Yeah. A lot of really exciting young players, a way, a formation that just works for us and can work in lots of different, against big teams, smaller teams. I, I am getting carried away. How about you? Well, no, he's right. He, he's proved it, hasn't he? You know, he's, he's more or less got the same squad, give or take a few new signings that, that haven't played, that the, the Emery had. And to, to the way it's a total different squad of players we've got now the, the outlook and the way they've shaped the shape of the team and the way they're defending um, and it just shows you what you can do uh, the, the improvement in the players already is it's amazing what, what he's done there and I, I don't want to get carried away <clears throat> because you know you, you, you don't know uh, again we, we, it's, very, it's very difficult because we could go and get we could go up to Anfield and get thumped I don't think we will but you know mm. I think we're all waiting for it to, you know we'd, so I think they really have got to just go one game at a time concentrate on the next game and make sure you've got the, you, you know you, but when you, when you get set up correctly you've got you have got half a chance if you don't concede you've got half a chance especially with those players that you've got uh, going forward we've always had a decent forward line uh, and like you said Lacazette and Aubameyang uh, I mean, they were doing well last season anyway. Yeah. Um, but you've added think... w- William now. And I yeah. think he's, a, he's a, you know, he's, he's Premier League ready-made. Yeah. Not, he hasn't got to come in and settle down for six months, eight months, a year or whatever. He's straight in there. And he looked like he'd been playing for Arsenal for two or three years. I don't know what you, what you uh, think, Jim. Yeah, I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was excellent. And he is, he is, re- he is ready-made. I mean, it doesn't always compute that you're ready-made, you're going to fit in well. I mean, yeah, William Gallus, was ready made too that didn't quite work but um yeah i thought i think he's a quite shrewd signing uh, obviously it's slightly slightly i'm not sure whether the three years was the wisest thing but maybe that was the only thing to to get him over the um you know get him into the club but um he adds a lot of uh, experience and the kind of uh nous on the pitch that maybe we lack we lack a bit and i think he's um made made a, made a great start yeah really really like really like what he did do you think the I made this point last week about the you know the call for more creativity in midfield and and the um, the clamour that a lot of fans and and um, experts are saying that the one the player we the kind of player we need is is a creative midfielder, um, but I kind of and I kind of think yeah I'd love to see I'd love to see a creative midfielder obviously but I kind of feel we are creating stuff anyway in a, in a similar way to Liverpool that cre- create stuff you know out wide. You know, with Bellerin and Maitland-Niles, and with um, William certainly, and I, I, I didn't feel I don't feel watching. I know it's only Fulham. I know it's only the first game of the season, but I think it's the same against Liverpool in, in the community. I think generally we're not actually lacking that much for creativity because of the, this this system that we play. And the you know, Liverpool fans for years and years have been saying their midfield isn't particularly creative, and they've done pretty well despite that because they have the creativity comes from the wide players and that front three. And I feel similar. I know we play slightly differently, but I feel like. He's got those the players that can create stuff, playing really well and creating stuff without that classic so-called creative midfielder. Jeff, do you think? Do you think we? Or do you, would you rather we signed? You know, one of those midfielders no, we've been linked with. 
Yeah, I definitely, I definitely would like a listen. It's great to have options, isn't it? You know, but um, like you say, all the, that front three, they're, they're very, very fluent. They can swap, mm. they can change over. It doesn't. They're all comfortable. You know, William, I can see him. He comes inside, and it will terrorise uh, central defenders when he's running at you because he's so sharp and he runs into great spaces and stuff like that. And the same with Abamyang. He's got where they've got so much pace. The difference is they've got so much pace. Uh, yeah. Whereas uh, I, 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 for the last 10, 12 years, our problem really has been defending. You know, when yeah. you're, when you, you keep, we couldn't really play that high press game because you've got Mustafi and you've got uh, um, Socrates playing two centre halves or something. And they've got no pace. You can't play high, a ball in behind, and someone they'll just run on and score. But but going forward, I think we're really, really fluent. You've got Pepe coming in. We're hoping for a, a second season where he'll, he'll really kick on and do uh, do well, you know. But mm. uh, it would be nice to get a, a, a really creative midfield player in the centre of the, uh, the, the park that, that can that can at least uh, try and claim a place. I mean, it's a shame that we've got <clears throat> Mesut Ozil there. It, it would be oh, great if we... we, we uh, no, I know. It would be great to, to, to get him back to the first 18 months of Mesut. But you know happen. what? No, you got to write. You got you got to scrub him out now. You might as yeah. well just leave it. And yeah. I, I, I'd pay him to go somewhere else, to be honest with you. Oh, I think most... I think, of course, yeah, I would as well. Um... Before we go to break, we'll go to break in a second. But Jim, what do you, quickly on the Ozil situation, a lot of, mm-hmm. he did, he was on the bench. He did come on. I, well, he, he played some part. It was, it, we, we, it was slightly mysterious that, that friendly against um, Villa that we lost the last week, but he was definitely in the squad. He was definitely visible, but he wasn't in the squad this time. Were you surprised by that? Do you think that signifies it is over and he's not going to, he's going to get very, very few. Maybe he'll play him in the Carabao Cup or the Europa League or whatever. I think he's, yeah, I think he's, he's, um, his game is run at Arsenal, I think, and and you know it's just a case of uh, uh, accepting that. I, I think you know we don't need him particularly, at the, and he, he hasn't. You know, there was that stat doing the rounds, wasn't there? That William in in one game or in fifty six minutes uh, with two assists was as many sisters as Arsenal had the whole of last season, and and, and I just think it, it's you know, it started out a really promising uh, relationship. Arsenal, uh, Arsenal and everyone loved him, and it's gone downhill for a year and a half. You know, we, let's not kid ourselves or or more. And uh, I think it's the kind of thing that needs to come to an end, really. Uh, not that we can get rid of him, but I, I, I don't think there's any point in starting to reintegrate him all the time and, and starting to play, you know, build the team around him. It's, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Right, um, let's talk, we'll talk about um, Arteta's new title um, and any other, we'll talk about Aubameyang still hasn't signed, as we speak right now, has it still hasn't signed, the, 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 we haven't seen that confirmation, the contract signing, what the fuck's happening there? We'll talk about that. And, um, of course, predictions for the next game as well uh, after this break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike 
or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Everything, for, so I think, you know, we're all various levels of trying not to get carried away, but obviously it was, ever, you know, that was a very, very pleasurable start to the season. And we're top of the league right now as we speak, as uh, Wolves are winning 2-0 at the moment. I'm looking at my TV, Sheffield United. But Chelsea play tonight. Chelsea could win 5-0, obviously, with their hundreds of millions of pounds of talent. But what do we think about um, uh, this fact that I think, you know, minutes after we finished our last podcast last week, um, Arteta got effectively a promotion, wasn't it, Jeff? I mean, he's been he's been yeah. ma- played first team manager, um, and that, and I feel like now that seems to mean that he has more of a say in terms of yeah. signings and yeah. everything else, along with Edu, etc. Um, than he did before. Yeah. And I consider that. I mean, that that just is a, a really important, a really great thing, isn't it? Well, I, I just think a manager should be the person that is um, choosing players that he wants to, wants to bring into the club. I don't, I mean, it works at other clubs, of course, but I'm, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I would prefer a manager that, that brings his own players in, so to speak. And he just, he's not just a, someone there that coaches the players and picks the team at the weekend. Uh, you know, if you like a player from another club, you, you know, you, you could, you could say, right, can you go and get him for me? Uh, and we, we try and get him in and, and, and then it, you know, then he, he's, He's more involved with regard to the, the hold of the club, you know. That I think he's, I think he's better all round. Um, apart from that, you know, it is only a title because I think he, it, it, I think that's how he runs it anyway. Jim, do you think it's significant? Is it is it important or is it just a kind of thing they did to make him and the fans feel better? I don't know. Is it just a oh, symbolic did, thing? Did, well, I, did they do it because they wanted to, or he asked them? I mean, I, did that was that made clear? I'm not sure. I don't uh, know. It's quite. It's quite interesting because um, I thought that you know we were all told that the, the way football was going is the old-fashioned uh, bloke who did everything is gone, but um, but but obviously not. And actually, I think the, the word the, you know the, the title head coach is is I don't know I don't think it, I don't think it's very fair anyway because there's so much more even as even if you are just coaching you know, you've got to manage who who you know how they all fit together you've got to manage who you need coming through you've got to manage the relationships and. All the kind of stuff that Arteta seems to be doing—the thing that Jeff mentioned about Luis, um, you know, mentoring some of the younger guys—you can see a real plan there. And you know, that, so so he is doing a lot more than simply going out and coaching the team. Um, but where it came from, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. And, and I think probably after the six months he's had, um, no one could ever turn turn down that that kind of request, could they? No, absolutely. And, and, and Josh, it seemed to me that I, I think it was like a mutual beneficent it was a mutual situation where both parties i think vinay the you know the, the who runs things and edu i think generally the hierarchy love arteta and love what he's been doing already and i think they just wanted to give make it clear to everyone that when we make signings and when we sell players that he is behind it as much as anyone else particularly like with selling i feel like you know I don't think take Lacazette as an example. I think Lacazette probably is would have been up would be up for sale, you know, and one of the players that the club would have been happy to get some money for to invest in something new. But I don't think I've never thought Arteta wanted to get rid of him. I think he really likes him, and he gave him a big high five when he came off in the game on Saturday. And I, I mean, I I, I really like Lacazette, and I think that's just what, an example. I don't think we'll sell him, and I think that's partly because of this situation where he. Is, will be as important as anyone in deciding these things. 
Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's obviously been big changes at the club. I think it was Vinay, didn't he, who said, you know, Arsenal's 134 years old and the last nine months has been the most challenging period that Arsenal as a football club have, have been through. And it seems like there is a stability about our club that we haven't had in a very long time. And I think if there is one person who's more responsible for that than anyone else, then you have to, you know, go to Arteta. Even with getting the players to agree to a pay cut, and obviously it came out about certain individuals maybe not wanting to be part of that, and supposedly Ozil, the fact that we, and I'm possibly, I don't know if we're still the only team that sort of publicly put that out there and agreed that, um, and got so. that going, yeah. you know, is amazing. And, and, and credit to him from, from what it sounds like, from what I've been told, that he was so integral um, in doing that. Um, and look, he's he's given us a trophy, which is, you know, incredibly exciting. Kept us in Europe. Um, we've, you know, I, I just think there is, there is a wonderful relationship, clearly, between him and Edu. And they're basically admitting they're going to, you know, be working as a, a very strong partnership on everything. I agree with what Jim is saying. Like, you know, we were told that the days of these kind of, you know, Wenger-like, you know, yeah. or, or total authoritarians have gone. And I'm sure it's not really, you know, that, you know, whatever power Wenger had is, is obviously not being replicated in what Mikel Arteta has got at the club. But it's a huge vote of confidence nine months in to, you know, to a manager who really only had, what, six months of that, of actual football. So, yeah, it's exciting. Um, and just, I think it adds to the feel-good positivity. The, the one thing I just wanted to, to mention that you haven't, you know, you've been talking about midfield there. You know, Lucas Torreira looks pretty set to go. Yeah. And again, that's just like a mm. a decision, isn't it? It's like, you know what? I didn't choose El Nenny to be out of the club. He can come back. Yeah, he's impressed me. Torreira, I know what he's about and I'm not sure. And he's going to probably go from from what it looks like. And there's just decisiveness and, you know, taking fees. If it's 20 million for Martinez, you've seen loads of fans wonder why it's not more. They're talking about 22 million after a loan to Torino for Torreira. But at least it's bringing funds in that I feel like I can trust this guy with how it's spent. You know, um, I mean, I'll tell you what it is well, I think. I think he's got a lot of credit for that FA Cup and it's, it's given him a little bit more power. But I think, you know, when he came in, he more or less said, listen, everyone, all the playing staff, etc. it's a blank canvas. You've all got a chance with me. If you perform correctly and you sign up to what I want you to do, blah bloody blah blah you'll get a chance. And, it, and, and El Nenny is... Um, He's, you know, that's what's happened to him. He's obviously came in. He's impressed in training, uh, and that's how he's got into the team. And I think winning that FA Cup, uh, and I think he's he's more or less said um, the same to to the hierarchy at Arsenal. I listen. You've got to sign up with me and trust me in what I'm doing, because if you don't and you're half in, half out, yeah. we, we're never going to get anywhere. If you if you go full on with me, I mean, you had that situation when we won the cup, and he and he and he said to the to the to the, the physio, uh, you know, more or less say, listen, I told you, I told you we can yeah. do this or whatever, you know. I yeah. think he, he's he's done that right the way through, right? And then they've said to him, okay, you know, and they've given him a little bit more power uh, and made him uh, the team manager. I agree. And I think it's, I think it is quite significant because you're right. Like we, as a club, you know, obviously the, the Wenger years, I mean, Wenger was like running that club, you know, I don't want, I'm not getting, I'm not about to get into the, a discussion about his late period, but, but for better or worse, we have been used to the ultimate example of one of the manager running things, haven't we? 
Yeah. Um, but I think if you look at the real elite top teams, even now, I mean, let's face it, Pep Guardiola runs City. Klopp runs Liverpool, doesn't he? You're talking about the actual, the best teams with the best managers. They give the managers the the power to do pretty much what they want. Pep is not going to take, you know, no. someone telling him, you know, <laughs> oh, we're going to, we want to buy this player over your head. That is not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen with Klopp. And I don't think it's going to happen now with Arteta. And I do think there's a, that, and even Mourinho, another example, may, you know, I, I, I don't know what the situation with him at Spurs, but um, I just think that kind of manager the real, real elite, and I do think Arteta, I'm getting carried away here, but I do think potentially he is in that level for me. In terms of intelligence and eloquence, I just think he is in that realm that you give them the power they need to make the big decisions. Jim, do you think, I'm, I, do you think, do you think that makes no, sense? No, I agree. I, I agree. I think he's proven that he can make those decisions and that actually it's actually really important that he does make those decisions because everything's joined up, really. Um, and um, he... They, they like what they see and they need him close to them. And then by making him manager, he is closer to them and, and he will probably make a few more of those executive decisions. But I think that work, you know, that, that, that dovetails quite nicely with what, what Eddie's doing, like you say. And, uh, and it makes a lot, it does make a lot of sense. He has got an aura about him. I, I yeah. totally agree with you. Um, and, you know, even from the moment you stepped in the club and that video that the club posted, um, this is something about him and that people be quite keen to follow him. So, uh, you know, and they'll do what he asks. And I think it's really obvious that they, that they they're behind him and they follow him. Yeah, aura is the word. That absolutely yeah. that is the word. Have you have you? I, have, I meant to ask this last week, but I forgot. Have you? Has anyone of us dared to watch the um, All or Nothing Spurs show on Amazon Prime yet? I asked for yeah. a specific reason. Yeah. Jeff has. Jeff's put his hand up. Yeah. Josh. Yeah, I'm four episodes in. Yeah, right. Yeah, Jim. Uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I well, just I, I'm just want to. I want to run this past you because it is fascinating. Mainly for me, the main fascination of it for me is Jose Mourinho, right? Who I still think is a gigantic bell end. And I think actually Spurs performance on Saturday was indicative of this. I think he, I watched him in, in this, in, and I think, you know, but there's been rumors. I've seen rumors on, on social media that, that um, Jose Mourinho got acting coaching for this show. And I'm not saying that's true. I don't believe, I don't believe it. But what I think it does show, he, he looks contrived to me. All his big speeches. Like, I don't know what's happening to Jeff. Jeff's, Jeff, do you saw him like... I'll no, tell you what, it's the lady, I, I'm sitting in a reception and the lady's just started to push the hoover around. <laughs> so I'm shitting myself now, thinking, no, she'll, she'll like walk, I walk out, I, I know, she's like, oh, it's crazy, isn't it? She it's, stop. it's great. No, I let her crack on for now. Go on, she's all right. She's walking away. Excellent. So Excellent. I was I was going to move, you know, on the yeah, spot. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, just think Mourinho on it. He's he, Obviously, he's, you know, we know what he's like generally. He's an egomaniac going all of that. And it, but, but I just sat there watching him thinking, this is all a bit contrived. Like, he has this, I don't, I don't buy into him. And I think half the Spurs players don't buy into him either, really. No. Whereas I think you see Arteta, I think there's an absolute, what you see, I think, I don't think he's contrived this aura. I think it's natural. I think his, his um, charisma and his intelligence and his eloquence are all real and natural. Whereas everything Jose does, I feel there's some kind of agenda behind it. He's overthinking things. And I think that trans- translates onto the pitch because Spurs were fucking terrible in that, in that first game. What do you think, Josh? Am I, do, you know, do you know what I mean by that? If I, I, I watched that documentary and I think, thank fuck we don't get involved in this because it's all, it's all a bit kind of contrived and a bit pretend. I mean, I was fascinated by it. I've got to say, really enjoyed it, and I'm only four episodes in, and I, you know, will get yeah. to be watching 
the rest of it, um, I'm sure at some point in the next week or two, Mourinho has been incredibly vocal about about hating it. He obviously came into the club when there was, you know, no choice. Um, would I love to see Arsenal do something similar? Well, you'd be you'd in be theory. so intrigued. I mean, it becomes so much more interesting when it's your club, right? Because like that scene with Danny Rose yeah. um, has probably got as much attention, let's say, from non-Spurs fans, because that is just the moment where you go, oh, that really does happen. It isn't always just like hidden behind an agent and goes on in like, you know, convoluted ways. That is literally a guy going, I should be playing, boss. Like you're letting other people play who aren't better than me, who have, you know, who have let you down and you're not giving me a fair opportunity. And I think that's an interesting insight because now fans feel like almost, I don't know, so far removed from it. And it's a multi-million pound game and people are on such money. Do they even care about playing? That's what's nice about this, I think. Here we have multi-millionaires, and it does look like they give a shit. Even though they play for Spurs, they do look bothered. And if that's the message that we can take from this, I think it's actually not a terrible one for football fans to take at the moment. Because unlike in Sunderland Till I Die, which, you know, obviously, uh, you know, produced by a production company close to, uh, you know, to, to, to your, your and mine hearts, Boyds. Yeah. Um, it's a bit different, right? You've got people playing there in, like, League One, and they're doing it for their livelihood, and it's a little bit different. I really like that, you know, you saw how much it, it meant to them. Um, you know, I think, you know, even I was thinking about this on Saturday. We saw Matteo Guendouzi's tweet while Arsenal were playing. And I'm just, you know, the first thought in my like WhatsApp group of Arsenal fans is like, oh, it's fucking Asian or someone like that is just tweeting out, you know, for a PR point of view. And that's what we all think so much of the time. So just to, I'm, I'm repeating myself, but just to see the, the love and passion that footballers showed was, was quite, quite nice. But I don't know if I probably rather Arsenal stayed away from it. What do you think, Jeff? You've watched it. No, I wouldn't like Arsenal to get involved, mate. And that Mourinho, he's just, you know, cause you see a little bit of coaching as well. I think I've seen six, right. And, um, He's just. I, he, I think the game has really passed him by now. When, when he, he was, you see him in one stage where he's talking about the high press, and it, it was not like the high press that that Pochettino had installed, you know. And you yeah. can see, I, I just don't think the players believe in him. I think yeah. I think he's a fraud, you know. Coming from Pochettino, man, it would be crazy, crazy, crazy situation. I don't know what went on there, but you yeah. know, uh, to go from Mar the. Poch to, to, to Mourinho um, it's unbelievable and he, he's an amazing manager because for one reason he, he, he's earned more money out of getting sacked than, than people like Sam Allardyce have in their whole career you know it's, it's just amazing yeah. uh, what's we, going on and yeah. I don't want Arsenal to get involved in that no I agree because people can take the piss whatever way yeah I, I agree yeah and I, I think it's keep we're keeping it real by not having when you just keep. I think once you allow the cameras in, and it is brilliantly made, and you know, like, but almost because of that, it feels. I don't know. It just feels something you shouldn't. We shouldn't get involved in anyway. We we should. But just talk talk talking generally. I'm looking at the betting actually, um, at the moment for for um, who's going to win the league, etc. And obviously you have got Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United are all at the moment for most bookies. Um, say will be the top four, but Arsenal are pretty strong favourites to lead the rest, to lead the pack now, um, as we speak, for, to get fifth. Um, way over, way above Tottenham, Everton, Leeds, Leicester, etc. Um, Jim, what, what do you, what's your general feeling about what we'll do this season, and what what would you, what would you consider to be success and failure? Uh, I think we'll be um, 
I think we'll be a lot better than we were last season. Just, just you can just tell structurally, and um, it's it's all coming together, and it feels like there's a there's a plan, and there's going to be progress. So I'm quite quite confident about that. I don't think we'll draw so many games. Um, what would be success? I mean, obviously, top four would be a success. I still think it's quite a big ask because there's a lot of work to do still in some strong teams ahead. But I don't think it's impossible. We weren't a million miles off that with Emery, and obviously, when when it all went absolutely wrong at the end of his. Um, uh, at the end of the you know the um, Europa League final season, uh, but we weren't miles off that year, and I don't think um, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility. But uh, uh, yeah, so what would I? Th- I'd, I'd say improvement from eighth. I'd say sort of six would be would be would be six or fifth would be fine. But um, I don't think it's possible. Yeah, Jeff, do you think? Do you think? I mean, we'll, we'll, to get to get into the top four would be amazing, wouldn't it? Be brilliant, and would need yeah. one. Of- one of Chelsea or Man United realistically to fuck up in a, in a major way. Do you think, do you think that's possible? I, I kind of, I, I said this last yeah. week, I think it is possible. Yeah. I, I mean, we mustn't jump too far ahead. Cause I don't know how many points will we be on top four. Can, Quite can a you, few. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. It was a, it's a long way. It's a long, it's a long way to catch up really. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Wolves are going to be better this year. I think Everett are going to be better this year. You know, uh, it's a lot of competition there. Um, but you go one game at a time. If you, if you get a draw, go on, Josh. Josh, ten points is the answer. Ten points. Oh, okay. okay. Well, it's not too bad. Not too bad. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's three, it's three wins and a, and a draw. Yeah, I'm surprised. Um, I, I think Man United are vulnerable. I really do. I think Man United yeah, are vulnerable. I agree. Um, yeah. uh, and I think they're the ones that we've got to be will be chasing down. I think that's the best chart. I do fancy Chelsea's this year. I think they, I think they're a good side. Chelsea, they've got some good forward players. Defense is a little bit weak. Hopefully, they'll, um, uh, they won't sign anybody else. But more significant now than what they've already signed. Spent a lot of money, but again, like Arsenal, when you when you when you spend a lot of money like that, you're bedding players in, you know. So you don't know how that's going to go. Uh, a little bit of an experience in Frank Lampard as well. But I do think top six. I'm not going to go mad. I'm, I'm going to go. I can say one game. Game at a time. If you get a draw at Liverpool, and then you you continue to pick up points and maintain confidence and, and gain confidence, you never know what can happen. Look look what happened to Leicester. You know, no doubt they didn't believe they could win it at the start of the season. But as the games went on, they're thinking, "Fuck me!" You know what? We're a good side, mate. We can we can win this. And yeah. once you get that belief, we did it, didn't we? We've done it a couple of times when we we come through in, in, in years, years gone by and the first the second Wenger season. We weren't really, you know, we was just thinking, okay. And we just run on with it, and you know, just really kept on churning out wins. So, it's, I think he's just one game at a time. But just head up for that. Try and get the top four, but I think I think top six for this season. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Josh, you're asking what I think success is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Success is 100 percent fourth, and you'd have to say win it, winning the Europa, Europa League getting to a final of the Europa League I guess making that next step in in Europe and obviously Arteta one blot possibly on his CV is the loss to Olympiacos I'm sure he'll want to take us much much deeper into Europe this season we, we, we possibly I think we might have said it on the podcast last week didn't we There's, there was for so long in the Premier League we referred to the top four and I know you've mentioned boy that we're the best of the rest but we're still a you know, a leap behind with the bookmakers and and whatnot. So, can we can we prove everyone wrong? It's not you know just a top four anymore. If we can you know be competitive and and stick stick in there with you know United and Chelsea towards the end of a season, 
Um, then that's great, but I'm sure Arteta believes we can get in the top four. Have, have we done enough to, you know, we've, we've played very well against Man City and Liverpool in, you know, the latter stages of last season. You'd think that would give the, the players a lot of confidence, but I, you, you touched upon it before, or, or maybe Jeff did, you know, we, we got to play Liverpool in a couple of weeks in a Premier League game that really, really matters. And maybe we get a better barometer of where we're at rather than probably we're, you know, I know we're excited and it was so great on Saturday. Fulham will probably finish bottom um, and might not take more than, you know, 20, 20 points this season. So, you know, we might look at, look at the game a little bit differently, um, you know, in, in nine months time. So, you know, fourth, hugely successful. And I'm a sucker because last week I thought we we're going to finish like fifth. And now I'm like so excited with what I've seen. And I like the decisiveness on players going out. And I'm like, oh, this Gabriel looks brilliant. Oh, well, Nenny's back and looks tidy. Oh, we're playing great football. <laughs> Maybe we could do fourth. So um, let's enjoy it and hope West Ham don't spoil the party, which we should talk about. We got we got West Ham. We had a yes. terrible result. Yes. Yeah, Jim, because West Ham, I mean, they've had a, they've had a poor start. Um, it's 8 o'clock. 8.15 Saturday night. That's That's quite a... That's quite a weird start time, isn't it? Um, but I like it. Uh, Jim, what do you think is going to happen in that game? I normally hate it, Boyd, when you ask us for I know. Questions, but but, um, yeah. but uh, I am going to stick my neck out this time and say that um, um, that we're going to we're going to win that one because I think West Ham are in a bit of a mess already. It's yeah. you know, and uh, I think uh, if we can't win that one, then uh, <laughs> any any early season optimism will have to be seriously tempered. So that's a win. Uh, do you need an actual score? Oh, of course. Oh yeah. right, yeah. Okay. It's, what, it's uh, the only thing, Jim. Our our insistence on predicting actual scores is the only <laughs> thing separating us from the five thousand other Arsenal podcasts out there. So that's why. I'm yeah. Just... Right. All right. I'm going to go for three nil. Excellent. I, I just want to make a point. I, I dread the idea that anyone's listening to this like just before the game and thinking, "Oh, great, I've got an extra fifteen minutes." It is eight o'clock. Oh, sorry. Boys. Eight <laughs> o'clock. So you, you might have missed. You might have. Uh, I would be like Jim going out for the crisps and missing part of the game. So I wouldn't want anyone to, <laughs> yeah. to have that situation. Could, could be could be 2-0 down by the time they think it's kick-off, couldn't they? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. They, I, I, people might be writing West Ham a little bit off, uh, off a little bit quickly, because if we do think back to the last 10 games, you know, post-lockdown, they actually put in some solid performances and turned it around. And look, <laughs> they've got um, a couple of new bodies in there. And I, I think it will take a, a little bit of time to get going. And I think West Ham will, will be OK this season. Um, but yeah, 2-0, I think, to uh, to the Arsenal. And, you know, it sets us up nicely, hopefully, for that, for that uh, game against Liverpool. Jeff? Oh, I just think they're a shambles at the moment, West Ham, and they're uh, being an East End boy as well. Is is they're, you know, I've got a soft spot for them. You know, I used to go Arsenal one week and West Ham the other week. So, right. Right. Uh, yeah, and uh, but I just think they're a shambles at the moment. It's, it's there must be so much turmoil in, internally. You know, with the, with the chairman and um, the manager asking for a few more bob to, to spend on players and stuff like that. But you know what? We must probably turn him into uh, uh, Barcelona when we play him. You know what happens? You know, it's a London derby. It'll be yeah, fast. You know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's good that there's going to be no fans there because um, yeah, yeah they don't. quite noisy as well, West Ham. But listen, these are the games that we've got to just assert ourselves uh, and make everybody else in the league stand up and say, "Hold on a minute," you know, this Arsenal. They're serious. They're a good side. We need to go there and not concede a goal and, and get a couple of goals ourselves at least. And then, you know, like I say, game by game, we'll just be building on it. 
Arsenal. Um, yeah, 2-0. 2-0 Arsenal. Oh, okay, I'll say 3-1. I'll say um, what, what you forgot to talk about, why the fuck, does anyone know why Aubameyang hasn't signed this thing yet? Does anyone know, anyone have any insights as to what the hell's going on? Should I be worried or uh, is it you... going to be fine? Is it going to be fine? No. Yes, I think it's all. I fear it's all fine, and they're okay. just they're just waiting for the moment to 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 make a, a sign. No doubt they'll explain to us once it's all been done and dusted. But I bet no, they don't. I don't yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't think there's anything in it, Josh. Well, maybe they're waiting for us to get hammered by Liverpool, and then we'll need a bit of a pickup. You know, maybe there's a, a tactical like view. That, that, that is very good, Josh. It's most probably something like that. Oh, God, so, I hate that. Thing. I just thought if we might, <laughs> we might need to, like, you know, not have our usual getting battered by uh, Liverpool. Um, I don't know. I, I'm convinced it's done from uh, from what yeah. I was told. But I was told it was absolutely done and signed a couple of weeks ago now. Um, Ornstein, way... David Ornstein said it was done, didn't he? Like about yeah. uh, middle of last week. So, yeah. Uh, Look, what what can you read into body language of a, a a guy that seems to smile constantly anyway on on the pitch, you know? But it it does seem that he's happy, and I can't well, say that you know Arteta looks stressed in the when he's getting asked about it. Um, but you know, what, normally, what know? normally, if he, if he's linked to anybody, the the, the, the club yeah, he that he's linked to yeah. normally come out and start. You know, yeah. they start just causing no, a little bit of a rumpus, don't they? They leak it to this one and that one. Yeah. There's been absolutely nothing, so that makes right, me right. believe that it's already been done and dusted. We just Mate, wait to I announce think, it. My theory is he his Instagram is the most brilliant use of that um, that app, whatever the fuck you want to call it. it. I think his Instagram is like constant stream of joy. You know, he's like literally on the on the verge of laughing hysterically every minute of his life, as far as I can tell. Um, and that is conveyed on his Instagram, Jim. I think my theory is they're coming up with the most elaborate signing, re-signing video that they've ever done somehow. Like, you know, maybe there's going to be like a huge multi-million budget thing. It's the only explanation I can think of or, or that they need the time to get this re-signing video done perfectly. I, I like that idea. It's, it's, it's got a lot more to it than my idea, which is that the fax machine's broken. Now, I don't... <laughs> I, look, I, I, it would be fun. I mean, we are in the era like that. That video that they did of Louis, uh, yes, Louise and uh, William, and then suddenly introducing Gabrielle. I like yeah. that. It was really clever. That was great. And yeah. actually, we, we definitely have got to the point where these things do get done on social media more than they would, in, you know, like they were done in the old in the olden days. But um, I, yeah, I, Arteta's not worried about it, and so if Arteta's not worried, I'm not worried either. Good point. That's a good point to end um, this podcast, except for uh, let me just confirm the live news, team news from Chelsea, that Giroud is on the bench, everyone. Giroud is on the bench. That's the future for Chelsea. Um, thank you so much to Jim, East Lower on Twitter, Jeff Arsenal, Jeff Arsenal on Twitter, legends in their own lifetime, and Josh, oh. super legend. Thank you very much. Thanks, boys. Thanks very thank much for having me. And we'll be Cheers, back next mate. week. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye. See you. Bye. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you've got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.